episode of Rude Cast Archery with your host, Rudy. Hi, everybody. Thank you for downloading this first episode of our podcast. Uh, in this episode, um, Wendell and I just shoot from the hip, and we really only scratch the surface on a lot of different topics. Um, hopefully, in the future, we will dig a little deeper into um, some of those topics. Um, but, uh, we just kind of wanted to get something out there and get used to recording and talking into a microphone. Um, if anybody has any feedback for us, uh, anything you'd like for us to talk about or, um, possibly any guests that you'd like to have on, um, uh, we totally would like to hear from you about it. Um, you can, uh, send me a message on Instagram, uh, Rudy the Archer and, uh, be more than happy to hear from you guys. Thank you. All right, man, we're live. Awesome, Rudy. I'm so excited. Are you really? Oh, yeah. I've been looking forward to doing this for about, oh, two months now. Yeah, me too. Um, I think what uh, I want to do with this podcast is uh, just ask questions and get get information from people and just talk to them like I normally would every day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you want to, like, what What are we going to tell the listeners? What are we going to, what are we going to help people with? You know, it'd be nice if somebody learned something from it, but if uh, they don't, it's no biggie either. You don't give a shit. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I guess. Well, I, I do, and I don't. I think it would be cool if everyone can learn, I, I, like, what I think would be really cool for people to take from this would be to learn about this kind of like high level amateur uh, culture that exists in California in Northern California, you know, archery, there's kind of like a strong group of, uh, there's like a strong culture of shooters in Northern California. It bred. Yes, there is. It bred Paige Pierce, right? It pretty much made Paige Pierce, you know, yeah, that's true. So uh, I would like to, you know, talk about what, what we've experienced from that. And, uh, you know, educate people. Maybe they could, like, you know, want to take part in it. I guess I would like to see more people uh, make less excuses. And if they want to <laughs> shoot target archery, then they just got to get off their butt and go do it. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And so hopefully we can uh, provide some info on how they can do that. Yeah. Yeah, just let people know what's out there. You know, because the more people that do it, I think the... The more fun it will be for everyone involved. For sure. Now, the big thing I wanted to talk to you about was, um, you know, you've you've been shooting really, really well for, you know, the last couple of years here. And I think last year you really, like, have just... Had a lucky year. Well, you had a stellar year. I, th- I don't think there's any luck there. I think some I of think it was showing up, but I appreciate hard. that. Yeah. Well, you know the saying, right? Uh you know, winning is all luck, but, you know, more luck is given to those that work a little harder. Oh, I like that. So, you know, if you could work your butt off and shoot really well, someone else maybe just shot just a little bit better, you know, on one weekend. So, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say consistently you've performed really well. Oh, thanks, Rudy. And, I think and probably, a- probably more so than anybody I've seen in in the amount of time that I've been shooting Outlaws or even in general. Oh, well, thanks, Rudy. That means a lot to me. Um, I think I think you've really, you know, p- 
put a lot of pressure on people. Oh, that's that's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like I, to... I would say, like, you know, prior to you coming in doing this stuff in the last year, like, I would say on any given weekend, if, like, Mark Rubio showed up or Randy Long showed up at a shoot, you could pretty much count on one of those two guys being uh-huh. like 917, 918. They're dominant guys. And winning it, yeah. And then if and then Emerson, if he was there, you could count on a stellar performance as well. Uh-huh. Nick Ingham was also one of those guys yeah. that was kind of peeking and, and shooting really good. Yeah. At least in the time I've been shooting. And I I'm know not, you guys have been around. And I'm not much. trying to talk trash or take, any, take away from anybody, but I would say from just from my observation, I could be totally wrong. I felt like, you know, out of all those guys that we mentioned, you know, everyone had really good and bad weekends. But uh-huh. you could always expect a, some kind of good performance out of everybody. Right. But what I saw with you was just, like, sheer domination. Oh, thanks, I mean, man. it was like, I, I feel like almost every event you just showed up and it was just like, oh, you, you were dropping jaws for sure. Thanks, dude. I, you know, I don't know why I, well, it feels good to shoot good, you know. But I don't know why, what, what continues to, you know, you start to compete and do well and you want to, like, define yourself as a person by winning a bunch um, but after you win an event, it's pretty much over. Like the glory's pretty much over on the drive home, you know. So it wears off by the time you get to Highway One. Yeah, yeah, seriously. So you know, as as much as I, I don't know what keeps me going. I don't know what keeps me wanting to to do it, other than the love of shooting. And I think, um, well, here's a funny question, right? So like. There's something about shooting a bow or there's like something about the shot that I think is there. Like what what about shooting a bow or is there any aspect about it that you find to be that's that's really addicting to you? Like, yeah, I, I like do. There, there's got to be like there's something I truly think. And let me see. Let, let me ask if you experience this same thing. I would argue that most people that listen to this might also feel something similar. But tell me when you don't draw your arrow back and you look through your peep sight and you're looking down your pin at the target, tell me doesn't time not slow down to like a th- like some astronomical, like a thousand years? Like, you know what I mean? Like time slows down and then speeds up all at once. And then, and then you, you shoot your arrow. Don't you feel like you've lived like... Uh, maybe not a thousand years. Months, though? Don't you feel like you've lived all this time and then shoot your arrow, you know? And I think what I experience when I shoot an arrow or if it's done properly, if done properly, like if I have a good hold, you know, my back's engaged, everything's in alignment, and every, and and the sight is just sitting there in the dot, like it, I guess I would say, like, I don't want to say time slows down, uh-huh. but like, anything that's going on around me doesn't matter in that right. exact moment. Like, it's just, it's just, it's this like really amazing feeling that you have when you're set up properly. Uh-huh. And you so, execute properly. You yeah. hold properly. And All when right. you don't, like, it, it's, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Because it can feel good for some of it and then kind of trail off into, you know, you lose control, you stop steering it or whatever happens. Yeah. So I think, uh, that's, when you we talk about that because I think for me like what what 
I think has helped me shoot a lot better in the last year. You know, I've seen my scores improved has been like trying to achieve that feeling every time I shoot as opposed to like trying to chase a score or trying to chase a win. Uh huh. And like when I'm, if I'm not worried about, you know, the result, but just more of that feeling. <laughs> the process. Exactly. <coughs> For that too. I think Lenny, uh, what's his name? Is it Lenny Basham? He says that when you, if you want to do really well, don't focus on the result. Don't focus on the variables, the things that are out of your control, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, one thing that trips people up is they think, I want to win this. What kind of score do I have to put down? And, but really, if you're going to win, it's, you know, it also matters what scores other people put down. And those are variables. And uh, Basham was saying, like, why introduce variables into your process, you know? Like, right. thinking about that is introducing this variable. And the thing that you should concentrate on is the process. That thing you were talking about, executing that shot and holding good, holding properly, executing properly, you know? Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. I've read Lenny Basham's stuff before. And uh-huh. I think uh, when, when it gets into, like, the psychology of it, like, everyone is going to interpret what I think he's saying a little differently. A little differently. It means something different to other people. Yeah, but I think uh, the one thing everyone I think probably has in common that is shooting at a level is that they are focused and, you know, they everyone has figured out a way to make sure that um, they are shooting um, completely from their, like, their subconscious. Uh-huh. And they're not, and they're not um, allowing distractions to interfere with them, right? With their shot. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. I never really understood when people would get upset for other people talking in the background. Yeah, that shooting. one. Well, okay, I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. So, like, uh-huh. it's funny because, like, I mean, when I first started getting in archery, like, I started off shooting Olympic recurve um, through, like, at City College, and they had an archery program there. And then, cool. and then I started going to a couple of the, the local um, uh, shoots that they had for, for uh, college. Like there was a, like UC Berkeley and Stanford would have like these little events and stuff. And uh-huh. so it was just, you know, and I, I felt like in that environment, there was, there was a, I don't know, I don't want to call it snobbery, but it, there was like this kind of, this attitude of like, everyone has to be very proper and quiet and you know, you're, you can't be distracting other people when they're shooting. Uh-huh. And I'm not talking about like being obnoxious and like banging a potter with like a, right. you know, in their head, you know, but just, you know, like, okay, so. If this person's up shooting, you respect their time. To yeah, shoot you respect their time, but it's like, you could still have a conversation in the background and like, but like, I felt like that wasn't okay. Like everyone had to be perfectly silent. Uh-huh. And so, and so like my perception when I first got into it was, you know, like that's how it was. And, and I feel like with a lot of people who don't actually go out and do these competitions and shoot like outlaws or, you know, you know, the, uh, amongst the amateur ranks, I think a lot of people have that perception that if there's a freestyle guy shooting, then you have to be perfectly silent. Uh huh. Right. You're saying like guys that understand it or guys that, yeah, guys, guys that really understand it, like know that that means like diddly squat. Right, right, because uh, you know what? Shot, if, you're going to be focused. Yeah, I mean, if you're up on the line and I'm in the back, you know, making a joke with Padilla, 
and and it's so funny that you get distracted you should know better than let down and be like okay i know that was funny but all right here i'm gonna start over again Uh uh-huh but uh yeah who uh, just ripped a shot off like you know if you're not 100 percent focused and you're just like ripping shots off you deserve to miss yeah but i've been around i've been around guys like that and and actually it's funny you mentioned that because uh one of my students uh uh jaya you know Uh jaya yeah right she was at a shoot father's day shoot Uh with her uh with her dad at um, Kings Mountain, uh-huh. and she was telling me that there were some dudes on their target that were very like uptight. Really, and like they were all having a good time. And, I mean, they weren't being obnoxious or anything. Uh-huh. But she told me like her experience was kind. Of, they just had a really bad experience because like there's just two dudes that were like really intense, and it's like super serious. Yeah, and it was to the point to where like it was almost as if they felt they were being shushed. Were they like, uh, even for walking on like gravel? What what style of archery did they shoot? Bow hunter freestyle and freestyle is what she told me. Oh, huh. but anyways, I'm not trying to start any trash there. Oh no, without it, a it's doubt. Just, I'll like, be honest. I expected trad shooters myself, but we're not talking trash about anyone in particular. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, just in general, like, they, uh, you know, there's no. If you miss the dot, it's because you didn't. It wasn't you didn't someone through. Was, you didn't do your process. Yeah, some, you, you know, let something get in. Exactly. You, know? you you introduce you let variables be introduced, and it happens to everybody. But you know you, you can only blame yourself for that kind of stuff, unless someone like you know taps you in the crotch when you're at full draw, or you know yeah tickles your neck, or pays or, someone five dollars to whisper they farted in your ear. You know that's yeah. I mean there's there's some there's cheap. some variables where it's like okay. Like weak. That, it's yeah, weak. Very weak. For sure. <laughs> well, cool. Because I know that's never happened. No, I know. Never. Never happened. No. Um, no one's ever wanted to win leagues so bad that <laughs> yeah, that would actually happen. Win a little happen. dinky winner league. <laughs> Cheaters. Anyway, so you started shooting at City College, doing recurve stuff. What, when? How did you get into compound? Uh, it basically, I got into compound because... Uh, couple of the guys I was shooting with um, at Golden Gate Park uh, one one guy um, in particular he had he was just like a bow whore and so he was like almost every time I saw him he had like a new bow or something that he bought on online or something and he had a a compound and he let me shoot it once and I was like oh I like this. like it just I was like I like this like this feels good and so um, he actually ended up giving me the bow for like a hundred bucks or something like that and then, um, you know, I went and just bought like a cheap site for it uh-huh. and bow did not fit me. I think I was like, I think the bow was set to 29 inches and, and I'm a 27 and a quarter draw. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it was just completely wrong. Right. Right. And so, um, I got this compound and then, um, I went to a local shop and there was a flyer for the Mount Madonna bow, the Mount Madonna bug uh, shoot. Bug shoot. Uh huh. Right. And I Love was that like, event. and I was like, wait a minute, like that that sounds like fun. And I think it was like two or three weeks out or something. So then, so then I was like, so then I asked her around, and I was like, so, so I'd asked uh, um, about it, and and uh, I was told that yeah, it's like a like a novelty or a three D shoot, and so, you know, they basically set up like all these bug targets, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and whatnot. Bug no, targets, like, so everyone knows, like a giant 3D bug. Yeah, it, it, with an orange spot in the middle. Yeah, imagine like your favorite Reinhardt target, only it's a bug. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. So, so I I get all ready to go to this shoot, and I buy the stuff, and you know, bought a site and stuff, and then 
I went to the San Francisco Archers and started shooting. And like one of the first people I met there was Jim Long. Uh huh. And Jim was like, "You shoot that piece of crap pretty good." And I was like, "Thanks." Like, <laughs> and then uh, and so like like the first person I meet at in the compound world is Jim Long. And then and then later I found out like he was like this really amazing shooter and like won national titles at Red Jim Long won nationals. Yeah, in Bowhunter Freestyle back in the day. Like, whoa. He, he would win. He was winning state shoots and stuff. And he was like a really good shooter. Whoa. Before he really had all his back problems. I stuff. knew Jim Long was a badass. I didn't know he was like. Oh, he's. You should see his office. He's got all kinds of medals and stuff. Really? I saw him in a newspaper once yeah. shooting a, a Hoyt. Or no, not a Hoyt. A PSE moneymaker from like, you know, back in the 70s. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, Jim. Jim was cool. He So he was like. So, like, I asked him, I was like, hey, there's, like, this bug shoot thing that I want to go to. I'm like, do you know anything about it? And he goes, yeah, we're all going to be there. And I was like, and so I'm just, like, picking his brain and trying to ask him questions. And he was like, well, you know what? Uh, um, they they were going to have a club shoot um, the, the weekend of the bug shoot. Uh-huh. Um, or, or they had a club shoot at, at SFA. And, um, or San Francisco Archers, I should say. And um, he goes you should come to this club shoot. They're going to set up 3D targets. And so at least you can get some practice and figure out, like, what it's going to be like. Uh-huh. So so I'm, I'm into this, like, two weeks, okay? So my timeline in the compound world is, like, this small, and I'm already, like, I want to go to this event. It just seems so uh-huh. cool. So so I go to this. So, so I go and shoot with Jim Long. He shows me about the stakes and, you know, shooting two arrows and, scoring and all stuff so uh so that when i went to the bug shoot i wasn't like a complete idiot Mm -hmm. but it didn't actually end up it didn't really matter because like when we went it's like we just met a bunch of cool people there that were like just chilling laid back like you know you could have showed up not knowing anything and you would have there would have been somebody there to right was it like the so the archers were really welcoming in the compound world and so my experience was like completely opposite of what i experienced in the recurve world Oh, word, word. I'm going to say Olympic recurve, like USA archery, that kind of... Uh-huh. Not dissing on them, but just, you know... It's a different environment. Environment, yeah. Yeah. The, the people were a little more down to earth. So back then, was it still like like today at these events, you'll see like predators and then like fat shafts guys and, you know... It wasn't, it wasn't anything like what it is now. No? Not as bad, no. I mean, there was a couple of guys there with like shirts or, you know, but it wasn't like... Uh, it wasn't like uh, I would say when you when I went when I went to the bug shoot, like I didn't go there and be like, oh wow, there's professionals here. It just looked like a really fun, right? Shoot. Fun novelty shoot. Yeah, I like the. Uh, I gotta say, I really like the way a bunch of teams have popped up now. I feel like the staff shooters we have in the Bay Area and the surrounding areas. You know, it, the staff shooters in Northern California really make this feel like a. Like an F one race, you know, when we go to these events. What do you mean? You know, people are wearing jerseys. People have colors. It's like you know, everyone's repping a shop. You know. Yeah. I always dig it. It makes this whole thing kind of feel like a like an F one race or like you know Monaco or something like that. Yeah, I think it's fun. I think it's fun with all the shops and stuff that you know have teams and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it gets them. It gets the awareness out there that there are a bunch of shops in the bay. Or in, in Northern California. What what turns me off is the guys that show up and they they claim that they're sponsored. Or uh, I should yeah. say they're a shop level shooter 
but they claim like they're sponsored by like a manufacturer and they have or, all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, they normally have like, like twenty logos on their jersey. Or... And, uh, and I'm like, no, man. It's like the only reason you have all that stuff is because of the shop. Like, so like if anything, like you should be thanking the shop for hooking you up with whatever you have as uh-huh. opposed to. Yeah, versus thanking the manufacturers directly. Yeah. Yeah, I I personally really like those guys because you need people to donate money to the overall pot, you know? <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is that a lot of those guys aren't putting their money in the pot sometimes either. Oh, well, yeah, that's true sometimes. But, you know, sometimes it's an experience, though, you know what I mean? Like, I love going to shoots like the bug shoot or, you know, back when it was around. I really enjoyed it. Those Those novelty shoots... You know, I don't mind, I don't mind going toe to toe with a guy with twenty, uh, twenty sponsors. That that's just fun. Well, I mean, so that was just my experience at Bug Shoot. But then, as I started getting into archery, started seeing more and more of it. Uh-huh. And so, within like a few months of going to a couple different shoots, like what year was this roughly? This was I'm gonna say two thousand. This is about two thousand ten. Was the first year that I went to an actual, uh huh, to an actual shoot. All right, 2010. But uh, I started shooting like in 2008. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, City College. Cool. But uh, I would say like within the in, within a really short period of time, um, you know, there was a few, there was one person at our club that was kind of like a real like kind of jerk to me when I first got started. But uh-huh. you didn't you know, sour it for you though. You stuck through. You stuck yeah, I was just sport. like kind of figure out what this dude's deal was, but he was very much all about like, I'm sponsored by this and sponsored by that. And it's like, so, so in the beginning, like I felt like my, I, I felt like that's what was important, I guess. Cause I, I would see that. Oh yeah. Same. I think a lot, lot of people. people and so it's way. like, I was like, Oh wow. Like if you actually shoot a good score, you actually get something from this or like, and I, and I, in the beginning, I think like, I, I mean, I was getting pretty good kind of quick, but like, I think I was driven by the wrong reason. I think like I was seeing like, I think a lot of people I was just are. following behavior mm-hmm. of other people. Yeah, it's kind of like a it becomes a point of pride like I'm good enough to get, you know, X Y and Z from X Y and Z company. I don't I don't want to say that at first that's why I wanted to, but but because it was was normal or what everyone else was doing then and you just assume well. Yeah, cuz you start to Why look- isn't it why not me then? Right. You know, it wasn't like I started this sport to be like, yeah, I'm going to start shooting archery because I want to be like sponsored by a big company. It was more like, okay, I enjoy doing this, the sport and, uh, you're around there. There's like this saying like, uh, um, you know, like, like Warren Buffett has a saying that he goes like, you are the five people that are closest to you. So like you are like, the people that you are around with and associated with. And so when you see like everyone that you're shooting with and that's all they're talking about is like sponsor, sponsor, this sponsor, that you get free stuff there. Then it, I think it's like really easy to get sucked into that, that thinking, Uh huh. you know? And so I think also when people get into a new sport, they start to look for benchmarks to, so that they can see, you know, progress in whatever hobby they're in, you know? If it was jujitsu, it would be like a blue belt or you know purple belt or whatever. And I think people in archery see that sponsorship thing, or at least the staff shooter thing, is like a, I've made it to this point. You know, I'm at, you know, at, you know, I'm at this level. 
you know, expect we, me to shoot. At we've, uh, well, I think what we've done is we've created like this false, uh, tier system or false tier system for, for how you get better in archery. Uh huh. Is that, is that, am I correct in saying that? Is yeah. that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, it's, it's a, it's an incorrect tier system to, to, it, for like notoriety or whatever, you know, yeah. I am this good. I shoot for, well, you know, I'll be, you know what I mean? In a perfect world, like if, if I'm trying to, like promote people getting into target archery or getting into shooting. I guess what I'd like to see in a perfect world would be like a really organized structure. Like we have so many archery ranges in California and so much activity. I'm surprised that we, we are not as organized as we, like we could be like, for example, like I'd like to see like our state organization, like have, or I should say, what I would like to see is you compete at a regional shoot, mm-hmm. right? And all the regional competitions that you do, you do it because in order to go to the state level competition, like you have to like shoot your way into that state level competition. Uh-huh. And then when you win the state or if you rank high in the state, then you get to go to nationals. Right. Right. As it is right now, it's like, like, you know, part of it that's cool is you can just show up at Reading and compete in a national level tournament. Uh-huh. But I would like to see a little bit more organization where guys can actually have some sort of like actual uh, benchmarks to measure themselves. Yeah. You off know, of. it's like, you want to get a competition? Well, uh, you know, the region regional competitions are from January to March. And, mm-hmm. you know, during this time period, you know, you'll, you'll shoot a field round or, you know, 3d round and, or blah, blah, blah. And I'm just saying hypothetically, you know, like, yeah, you know, and then and then and then it's like yeah after we shoot regionals then yeah. then we go if, to the state if then you we score go to between state. this and this then you go to state right like like little league or, mm-hmm. or something like that you know uh-huh. but for adults so but as it is right now it's like you know we just had two state tournaments mm-hmm. one field and one three D uh-huh. the state field was down in Orenco which was like in Southern California with really poor attendance i mean just you know one of one of our mutual friends told me that the freestyle presence down there was maybe like you could count them on his hand uh-huh. how many freestyle shooters showed up there right meanwhile up in northern california nevada city you had all the 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 top freestyle shooters in the state shooting there uh-huh. so it's like you know there's no there's no incentive for anybody to to go to these events true I've heard that before from, so, from some people, you know. And so what I'd like to see is, you know, more emphasis on on the uh on just the competition itself and less about getting sponsors and yeah, winning a novelty shoot and go to your shop and be like, "Hey, I want this novelty shoot. What would you give me?" What do you think would make an event like the uh, Oranco State Field more popular? I think I think because of our because of how big our state is, mm-hmm. having you know, relying on the regions to have regional competitions. Like I, I want to say the NCFA does do a really good job uh-huh. at like, which is our region for having our, you know, our um, regional, shoots. our regional shoots. You know, we have an indoor, uh, we have a, you know, we shoot a flint round and then we have like a, uh, a field. Um, we have a 3d and then a 900 round. Right. Right. You know, and those are all used for, for regional ranking, you know, but it'd be, it'd be nice to see, that, NCFA does a 900? Uh, they didn't do it last year, but they have done it in the past, in the past. few years. Gotcha. But it would be cool to see them kind of, it would be cool to see like all the regions like have that kind of um, 
uh, involvement to where and and how it somehow feeds you into the state system. Mm-hmm. Because as, like it, as the, it is right now, when you just hold a state competition and it's all the way down in Southern California, you're it's basically just a local club shoot. Right. You're as opposed to, a, okay, so we're going to take, you know, the top five shooters of every region and we're going to meet in the middle of the state, like whether it's Fresno or Lodi or San Francisco Archers or, uh-huh. or Rebo, like, uh-huh. you know, and this is where we're going to hold the, the, the final you know piece of the uh of the of the pie there you know mm-hmm. like yeah that makes sense kind of like mapping out like you know the series and yeah but that's why that's why i'm so i feel like that's why i'm so addicted to outlaws because that's i feel like outlaws kind of provides that for us yeah it, it has a structure it does that, have a structure that makes that you can plan for yeah we we have to participate in three events uh-huh. and then it's always these three you know, unless it's a four or event. four. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you know what? It's like you get points for showing up at each of these events. And then yes, in Oregon, we have the king of the outlaw shoot off. Like who, who, you know, who does that? That's, yes. that's awesome. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's way more, it's way more yes. epic than the, the regionals. It's way more epic yeah. than CBH. Like outlaws is truly the shoot. Yeah. I think, I think if you're in, I think in, at least in California, if you're, if you're shooting outlaws, I feel like you're like, that's, that to me is a better reflection of of the of the uh or i think it's a better sample of what's coming out of california yes right now i agree and it and it may have been differently in the past and i don't know cuz you know i didn't do archery in the 80s or 70s or uh-huh. 90s but i think buck Heron did right he was one well, of Well yeah cuz he's old as dirt but i mean that's all right <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but yeah i agree i think that laws is is it right now that is at least for Californians, that's the or Northern Californians, that is the the tournament series. That it's basically the pro am. It's a series. That's exactly you said. That, I think you hit, said it. It's a series, mm-hmm. and um, it's something that there's you know rules that you follow, and you know there's there's a format that we follow that mm-hmm. we enjoy. And they have the handicap system to break less, in the new about, shooters. And to me, it's less about the money, mm-hmm. you know, but but. It has to do with. I think I'm attracted to the structure of rules. Uh-huh. So like, it's funny because I run into people in in the club and stuff. They're like, you know, um, they I've you know maybe they ha- they own compounds or I know them as compound shooters. And I see them at the range and they're like shooting a recurve and I was like, oh, switch to recurve, huh? Or you know, shooting the old recurve and then they're like, yeah, I just want to have some fun this weekend. And in my mind, I'm going like, well, how's not shooting your freestyle bow? Right. Your hunting bow, fun. Yeah, and he goes, "Well, with this, I just feel like I don't care." And I'm Same. just like, "No, like, <laughs> like, it's like, like, it, if you're if you feel like when sh- you're shooting your freestyle bow and you're not having fun doing it, then you're probably doing it for the wrong reason." Yeah, yeah. Why are you doing it? You trying to make a second job for yourself? Yeah, because you know what? It's like I look at like Alan Eagleton, and like he's shooting that recurve and. He looks like he's having a hell of a lot of fun kicking everyone's <laughs> yeah, ass. He's having a blast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Dude, uh, what really attracts me to Outlaws is the high-level competition. You know? I mean, to, you get to shoot against guys like like Brandon Williamson and Alan Brunetta and uh, Emerson Monkerez. Like those are the guys, and Mark Rubio. You gotta shoot with those guys every time. Every outlaw, those guys are gonna be there, and it's, and they're gonna and they're gonna bring it. They're yeah. they're not, 
they're they're not they're not gonna hold back, you know. Yeah, those are all savages that will take your lunch money in a heartbeat. Rubio, um, yeah. and I'm sure, and you know, you know, um, Aaron. Oh, yeah, Aaron Aaron Cahoon. Aaron Cahoon, you know, all those guys in the individual. I mean, those guys will kill it. Those are know? all top shooters. Yeah, that's the thing. They, there's got to be like what? There's gotta, at you, least you eight. can't you can't forget our twin, dude. Oh, Seneca Nunez. That's right. Yeah, you can't the, forget Seneca, the third triplet. Um, he's all these guys are just killers, and uh, I I really hope people like new shooters getting into archery find these guys. You know what I mean? Like or like look them up, find out who they are. Like the, most likely one of them is gonna shoot at your range. But you know what's awesome about about like with the outlaws is like you know um, with these people in particular like uh, they everyone or at least some of those guys are really welcoming and they really want to help new people out. Uh huh. Like like uh like Buck Heron was probably one of, uh another guy that kind of like when I first started going to these shoots and stuff that just like kind of welcomed me into the sport. And really? He, I mean, he's had me over to his house. Really? Yeah. And like showed me how to make bow strings. That's incredible. Uh, talked me through some tuning issues when I was first getting started. That's crazy. Like, Cause we're brown. You're like, you're a brown guy. I'd never would have, I never would have expected. Buck to <laughs> he likes his brown guys. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but That's like Google search history says, <laughs> um, no, but like Buck was really awesome, and then, um, you know, and then Jim Padilla. I mean, he's like one of my best friends, like mm-hmm. locally at the club. Like Jim and Jim Padilla and Jim Long, like they really in the beginning kind of helped me get started. And then, you know, as we started getting, you know, Jim was shooting a lot with me, and we were going to all these events and stuff. Like I would say, like Buck was really super helpful, um, and even like Randy, like Randy Long, mm-hmm. like I there was an outlaw right before Nevada city or we were going to Nevada city and about like two weeks before that, like I dropped my bow and cracked one of my limbs and it's like, um, like Randy, like sent me a message on uh, Facebook and was like, Hey man, if you're not doing anything this weekend, just drive up to my place, bring your bow and like, we'll look at it and see what we can do. And like, no way. Like I just hung out with him and his wife at his house for a weekend. And like, he just like, we just like, like, problem solved and just walk through all the issues you that's know? awesome and it's like i'd known him maybe like you know a, a blip of a second and mm-hmm. he was just like just takes a some dude a stranger shoot who's new to the game and just like yeah fix the uh, teach him teach him what's teach wrong him the ropes yeah. yeah so that i think that was cool about this sport is like all those guys at the top like uh-huh. want to share their knowledge and they want to be helpful yeah you would think that you know some people like they don't want to tell you what their secret is but all those guys are, will they'll just bend over backwards and tell you everything, you know. Yeah, I mean, because it's not. I think when it comes to winning, it's not. It's not about how, how much better or how much better Wendell is at tuning a bow than I am. Right. It's, it's gonna be putting. It's the game. mental game, dude. Yeah, it's, mental it's game like, too. Well, and then I mean, mental game comes from practice, and I think that's probably something that you don't hear a lot of people saying is that. Oh, that's true. Though the I mental, never thought about the it. mental game gets starts on the practice range, and it's like. If you never practice, how are you gonna actually shoot? Like, how right. are, how are you gonna? What, you show up at a tournament and it's like, that's right. You got nothing. That's right. Nobody learns jujitsu from watching it on TV, right? It, it's like, how are you gonna learn it without doing it, without applying it? Yeah. So you got. Yeah, I think you just got to get out there and do it. 
Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of uh, practice. Yeah, I know. I can tell. <laughs> Some of your posts on uh, Instagram or in Facebook. Oh yeah, I like to, uh, I like to whore it out on social media. But I think I think it's a big thing. I think uh, I think you're right though. A lot of people think that they're going to, um, you know, they're going to switch bows. They're going to buy a different arrow and. At the end of the day, if if they don't if they don't make time, and I say make time to practice, then they're not going to get better. Um, you know, right? I know a couple guys have joked at you and said, "Oh well, I'd shoot a lot better if I shot as much as Wendell." And it's like, well, make time to do it. Yeah, you know? it's doable. It's definitely doable, dude. Do you hear like James Lutz shoots like four hundred arrows on Tuesday? You know. And then he borders that day with like a hundred arrow days. Like, people make time. If you want to get good at something, you make time to do it. And all the guys that are good, I guarantee you, have practiced at one time or another, have busted their ass to figure out how to shoot. You know? Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, for one, it's like if there's something about archery that that everyone enjoys. Like we talked about that earlier about how like there's just this feeling of making a good shot and it's like trying to achieve that every time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like the way that you program that into your, into your subconscious is a freaking practice. Mm-hmm. You got to repeat that it's repetition. You gotta, you gotta get that, that feeling, you know, cause the more you feel that the easier it is for you to find it again. Right. You know? And also I think another thing, and I was really bad about doing this in the beginning and, um, but note taking, like making notes, yeah, same. Writing stuff down. The um, only thing I ever took notes of was a Dave Cousins seminar that we did together. And I took like 20 pages of notes. Yeah, that was really helpful. I think uh, some of the mechanics that I would think I was missing out on, I think I really, I think uh, for me, Dave really filled in a lot of little gaps. Yeah. What's crazy is he tried to show me how to shoot in that little one-on-one session. He's like, this is how I want you to shoot, you know? And I was like, ah, this shit doesn't work for me. You know what I mean? Whatever Dave Cousins showing me, uh, it's good for him. doesn't work for me. And over the course of like eight months, I started figuring things out and I started shooting exactly. Like now my shot style is exactly like how Dave taught me to shoot with the exception of the, you know, his release end. You know, he has like a very specific way of uh, getting his release aid to fire. And it's the only thing I haven't picked up yet. But everything else is just right on there. You know? Yeah. So let me ask you this, like equipment wise, like what, what balance or what ratio, what ratio would you say the equipment plays on, on your, on, uh, your level of shooting? Would you say like, 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 would you say it's like 50% mental and 50% equipment or would you say it's like something higher or lower than that? Like, like, Uh. like, like how much, how much do you, uh, how much, uh, how much weight do I put on equipment versus yeah. mental preparation? Right. For like, for example, like I just listened to a podcast the other day with Steve Anderson uh-huh. and, and, uh, he basically kind of said, yeah, I just kind of threw my bow together two weeks before the event and showed up and shot good and uh-huh. won, you know, it's like, you know, so like, you know, I'm sure there was a lot more detail that goes into a setup beyond that simple right. phrase, but like, you know, how, how, yeah, like how much how much uh, emphasis do you put on it? Uh, well, I guess 
It depends. If your gear is fine, you know, if there's nothing outstandingly wrong with your gear, then it's like 80% mental and 20% equipment. You know what I mean? If there's something wrong with your equipment, then yeah, it can shift to like 50-50, you know? But uh, the way I see it is if, you know, your bow shoots a bullet hole through paper and you have all your sight marks out to 100 and they all hit middle, that's it. The rest of it's on you. you know? So would you say that if your bow, if your equipment is not set up well, that it affects you, it'll affect you mentally then? Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I think it, I mean, you, you kind of see it in, uh, in people all the time. It, it can lead to frustration. It can lead to confusion, you know? So <laughs> I think it's important to have your gear set up and set up properly, you know? So I believe like, it's important to get your gear set up properly and have it done well. Like I think like I have a recipe for what I do for bow setup Okay. and it seems to kind of work really well every year. Like, and, um, what is your, just, you know, some, just some basic things that I do, uh-huh. but I found that like, even, uh, even if it's not a hundred percent, like if, if I go to, if I know that maybe I'm not tearing as perfect as I should through paper or I get to an event and something's just off a little bit, Mm-hmm. Um, like I know that the arrow will still hit the middle as long as I, re- you know, make the shot. Uh huh. So I do my best to let, not let the equipment affect me. But yeah, I mean, if, if I see, if the arrow's not coming out of the bow straight, it's going to mess with my head and I'm not going to shoot well. Right. But I think, uh, I guess I would say some people maybe put too much emphasis on tuning and not enough on actually. I agree. You know, working on. I know. I just said like uh, the bullet hole is like with like a starting point, but you know what? Like the last two events I shot, uh, afterwards I came back and shot through paper, and it was like a left tear. And I was like, if I had known that before, that mm-hmm. probably would have messed with my brain. You know, going into those two events. But you went in strong. Just and... thinking it was a bullet hole. Like it shot a bullet hole when I shot this bow ten months ago. You know, it'll be a bullet hole now. You know. Yeah. And so I just assumed it was going to be good. The bow shot bullets, and then uh, I shot it through paper, and now it's a kind of a left turn. I'm kind of wigging out. But, you know, we'll work it out. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I think all of the, for me, like, tuning is a confidence builder. Yeah. Like, if you know that everything's working well. Yeah. You know, it helps build confidence, but. But it could also be frustrating if you got everything perfect and you still miss. You know, you still cast out a miss. Yeah, it can be. Um. Well, cool, man. Um, I think we're like into it now, like about 40 minutes or so. Cool. Um, I think uh, going forward, like we'll probably have more topics of we'll, we'll dig a little deeper into outlaws and stuff like that. All right, cool. But, Interview uh, some uh, some cool guests. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say, I guess anyone uh, listening to our, our uh, podcast here, like if um, there's anything that you want to ask us or any questions that you might have about how myself or Wendell do stuff, or maybe there's a guest that you guys think that we would, uh, you'd like to hear from, let us know. That sounds awesome. Like just send us a message on Facebook or something and say, Hey, like, you know, just anything that you guys want to know about or hear about. That would be really cool. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Um, look forward to, um, 
doing some more of these with you. Um, hey, you think we'll do, really be doing the next excited. one? Will we be doing the next one in Oregon? Yeah, that's like two weeks from now. So I think we should do another one there in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that'll be a blast. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks, All dude. Right, Take care, buddy. Peace. That will conclude this evening's entertainment.